Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What the Chell, your friendly neighborhood non-misogynistic hockey podcast. I am your hostess. My name is Haley, and I hope you enjoyed my back-to-back guests the past two weeks. I had so much fun talking to Kylie and Hannah, talking to some fellow female hockey fans, and I look forward to having more guests on soon. But I'm on my own this week, and lots has happened across the league and beyond, so let's dive right in. We're going to start off with milestones, milestones, milestones. It's that time of year where it seems like everybody is hitting those big, beautiful, round numbers that we love. Um, For example, Nathan McKinnon reached 800 career points. Valerie Nachushkin hit 100 career goals. Um, Jamie Benn tallied 500 NHL assists. John Tavares hit 1,000 points, making him the 98th player in NHL history to do so, which I was surprised how many there were. That's a lot of players that have reached 1,000 points. Um, And then Nikita Kucherov is the first player this season to reach 50 points. No surprises here. Uh, Nikita Kucherov is absolutely on fire out there. I mean, I'm surprised the ice isn't melting under his feet. Um, He is just, he's truly, I feel like, the backbone of Tampa Bay right now. So seeing him being the first to reach 50 points, I was not surprised at all. So big congrats to him. Um, Johnny Gaudreau tallied his 700th NHL point just today as I'm recording this. Um, Chris Kreider scored his 100th power play goal, and as far as active players, he joins the likes of Ovi, Stamkos, Malkin, Sid, Dreisaitl, Kopitar, and Pasta, putting him up there with some of the absolute greats, so congrats to Chris Kreider. Um, I will probably jinx him here because... This podcast tends to do that. Um, If you know, you know. But Connor McDavid currently has an 11-game assist streak, which is the longest by any Oilers player since Wayne Gretzky. Um, So, hockey gods, I'm calling out to you once again. For the sake of the Oilers and for the sake of Oilers fans, please don't let this jinx Connor McDavid because... They need some serotonin right now after the start to the season that they had. So, please, thank you. Um, (laughs) Matthew Nyes got a Gordie Howe hat trick recently. Um, And in case you don't know, that's a goal, an assist, and a fight in the same game. Matthew Nyes is another one that I feel like is really popping off this season. He was definitely an asset to the Leafs lineup. He's really good young, young kid. Um, and then we just need to talk about Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes is the moment. Okay. Like in Saturday night's game, he got his hundredth career goal already at 22 years old and his second career hat trick, which to me is just mind blowing. Um, and like the devil's, in that game, just we're hitting a ton of records and milestones, and it was a huge, huge game for them yesterday. Um, Nico Heischer achieved 300 NHL points. Uh, 
Jesper Bratt had three assists, and Jax Hattie was the 100th one in Devils franchise history. So not only was it his 100th career goal, and then a a Hattie on a different goal, but that was the 100th Devils Hattie ever. So, like, pop off, King. Like, that. that's insane. Like, that's so cool of him. Um, and then Lindy Ruff also reached his 850th career win. Like, fate was on their side yesterday. <laughs> uh, truly, I mean, it was just, it was their moment. Jack Hughes is the moment. The Devils are the moment. And I feel like I'm not sure who's going to end up in playoffs and who's going to be going on cup runs this season because I feel like teams are so up and down, back and forth. It's like not many teams are just consistently good. Um, But I feel like the Devils have a really good chance if they keep this up. Um, Really ready to watch the Ducks get stomped on by them tonight. Uh, (laughs) It's how they're actually playing right now as I'm recording. So that's going to be a fun one. Uh, Yeah, so Devils... Jack Hughes, I mean, who's surprised? No one. Absolutely no one is surprised. Um, Let's talk about some other NHL happenings. Uh, The People's Princess, Tate McRae, was in the building supporting the Calgary Flames, her hometown team. We love to see it. I feel like Tate McRae has done more to grow the game of hockey in the past couple of months than the NHL has done in a long time. (laughs) Um, I mean, starting off with the greedy music video that was filmed at a hockey rink and all of the promo for everything that has been in hockey gear, hockey pads, goalie pads. Okay, you put a beautiful woman in hockey gear it's gonna make people want to watch hockey you put a beautiful woman that makes really good music in hockey gear in a music video put her at games it's gonna make people that normally wouldn't watch hockey want to watch hockey she has a fan base she has a big gen z girl mainly female fan base and that, that's not usually the target market for hockey. And so she's bringing in all of these other fans. And I think it's really fantastic. Um, and then at one of her album celebration events, she had a custom Zamboni. And not only was it a custom Zamboni, it also had a logo on the side for the 2024 NHL All-Star Game. So, like, I it makes me wonder if it's, like, an Easter egg of some kind um, or what it is. But, like, if Tate McRae is going to be promoting the All-Star Game, maybe she's going to be performing at the All-Star Game or something. That has the potential to have a huge viewership and a huge viewership of mainly a younger audience. Which is so cool because the more younger fans we get, the more longtime fans we get. And it just continues to 
grow the game throughout generations. And I think the NHL needs to take advantage of this more and they need to try to find more younger celebrities to promote hockey. Um, They're kind of doing well uh, because it was announced that the Jonas Brothers are the pregame entertainment at the 2024 Stadium Series in their home state of New Jersey. Um, So that's exciting. The Jonas Brothers do have a big following, a big audience. So that will have people tuning into the game and going to the stadium series uh, because of the Jonas Brothers. And then hopefully they'll stick around and watch the game and hopefully fall in love with it like we all have. Um, There's some uh, ESPN Plus commercials that are new at least I haven't seen them until recently, um, that say to know hockey is to love hockey. And I just feel like that's true. And so we just need to get more people knowing hockey because I feel like it's nearly impossible to go to a hockey game and hate it. Even people that uh, don't actively follow hockey, they go to a hockey game and they love it. I know growing up, In high school, when I lived in Tampa, my parents had the chance to go to a couple of lightning games. And they're not hockey fans by any means, but they had the best time at these lightning games because to know hockey is to love hockey. I just feel like that's so, so true. Um, Or like my friend that I was talking about a couple weeks ago that I took to her first game, um, she has become obsessed. She texted me a couple of days ago and just said, help me. I can't stop thinking about hockey. What have you done to me? And (laughs) it's like, once you experience it and once you're exposed to it, you're going to love it. Like you genuinely are. It's such a fun sport. And then it starts taking over your whole life. And then it maybe becomes not so fun sometimes, but (laughs) overall, like it's a good thing. And we just need to get more exposure and so something like Tate McRae or the Jonas Brothers or whatever like it's gonna work we've seen it with the NFL and Taylor Swift like how many Swifties who aren't into sports have been tuning into every Kansas City Chiefs game now just to see if Taylor's there and to catch glimpses of her and like it works like as annoyed as the bros and the in to quote taylor swift the chads and the dads are about it it works and it grows the game and it brings in new fans and it brings in female fans and fans of color and fans from different countries and i just think it's so phenomenal and we need to keep doing it we need to keep promoting hockey and the nhl needs to jump on this like they need to see this as an opportunity, jump on it. And I think they would be pleasantly surprised with the results. I digress. Um, A couple of exciting little things from the Islanders and Bruins game a couple days ago. Um, Matt Barzell had an incredible 
no look pass. I mean, he literally was skating in the opposite direction, passed it backwards over his shoulder to Romanov perfectly. Like it went right to him. And then Romanov scored off of it. It was just flawless. Chef's kiss. So, so good. Um, beautiful. And then Linus Olmark on the flip side made an incredible save. I don't even know. Goalies genuinely amaze me so much. I don't know how they do it. Um, he saved both the original shot and the rebound on a wide open net by just extending his left leg out just right. I mean, it was like, there's no reason that Holmstrom should have missed that. But Olmark is just so good that he's he's just able to read things in a way that I feel like very few goalies can. And to be able to know, okay, they're probably going to get the rebound of this and try to shoot it again and be able to read that and get his leg out just in time. I mean, absolutely incredible. Like, cannot say enough good things about Linus Olmark. And it's his little girl's birthday today when I'm recording this. And he made such a cute and sweet post for her. And ugh, I just love him. He is such a wonderful person. So lovely. Such a good goalie. So sweet and wholesome. The, the Bruins really won with their goalie tandem. They truly did. Like, not only skills-wise, but personality-wise. Like, they got two good ones. Bruins, Bruins fans, you guys are really, really lucky in that regard. <laughs> um, someone that's not so lucky with their goalies is uh, the Hurricanes, uh, because Auntie Ranta was placed on waivers for the purpose of being reassigned to the AHL. And I did just see before starting this that he did clear waivers, so I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Um but this season, he has a 0.854 save percentage, which is really, really low. Um, and then a 6-5-1 and five and one record, which is not good. Like, that is not good at all. And I can see why they would want to place him on waivers um, and send him to the AHL. But at 34... I feel like it might just be time to retire rather than going to play with a bunch of like 20 year olds. I don't know. I mean, if he wants to stay in the game of hockey, like more power to him. Um, but I feel like personally, I would be embarrassed. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a professional player. I'm not a player at all. I can't even skate. Um <laughs> But I feel like at 34, I would rather just like cut my losses or go back to, I'm not sure where he's from, but go back to his home country and play there because I feel like it's less of a, less of a prestigious thing in other countries. Like obviously getting into the NHL is like the big deal. Like that's where everybody wants to be. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. So I'll keep an eye on him. I'm curious to see where he'll end up and what he's going to do, but that's got to just feel so defeating. Like 85% save percentage is real bad. Um, yeah, that's, that's rough. 
Okay, let's talk about the Blues. Um, as you probably heard, they fired Craig Berube, um, and then they hired Drew Bannister as their interim head coach. Um, I found it kind of surprising that they fired him, but, I mean, I guess something had to change. I don't feel like they're having a super fantastic season. Um, so they asked Jordan Cairo about the situation. Uh, the media did. And he said, quote, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore, end quote. And um, Blues fans were not happy with this. Uh, they ended up booing him during warm-ups and then literally any time he touched the puck. And, I mean, understandably, he was visibly shaken up and he was tearing up about it when he was asked about it. And, like, I get it, his comment did come off a bit cold and dismissive, and I feel like maybe wasn't the best choice of words. And I think maybe he could have come up with something different to say, because to me that makes it seem like I kind of hated him and I'm glad that he's gone type of thing. When you say, like, he's not my coach, I'm not going to comment about him. But, like, Booing your own player is really messed up to me. I don't know. I mean, unless they did something absolutely egregious, I would support my boys to the ends of the earth and would not even dream of booing them, and especially not to the point of tears. Like, that is so brutal. And, like, he's a human, and he makes mistakes. And to just, like, maybe he didn't, mean what he said maybe he didn't mean it in the way that it came off and maybe he did and if so like fine that's his opinion it's not something that he needs to be booed for and essentially bullied for like the entire blues fan base at that game just ganged up on jordan kairu and we're like let's just make this guy feel so bad about himself because he dared to say something that sounded a little bit iffy about our coach and i just i don't know I, uh, no, I was not a fan of that at all. Um, he did redeem himself, though. He scored the tying goal and helped the Blues win against the Stars on Saturday. And he received a lot of cheers after scoring that goal. Um, so hopefully it all just kind of blows over for him. And yeah, I feel for the guy. That's got to be tough. So I think... Hopefully he's redeemed himself and people can kind of just forget about it and start supporting him again. Because, like I said, unless they're doing something absolutely egregious or are absolutely sucking on the ice, like, there's no reason to not support your your team and the players on your team. Because those are your boys, you know? It's like, I don't know. I kind of view them as, like, my besties, my little friends. I care about their lives and what they're doing and how they're doing. And I just like, I love them and I support them. And yeah, I just, I can't imagine wanting to, to boo one of them, especially for a kind of silly comment like that. I just feel like it was really blown up, but anyway, um, last little bit of NHL news here. Tomash Tatar has been traded to the Kraken for a bag of pucks, um, aka a 2024 fifth round pick. Also, side note, 
for the longest time, I had never heard anyone say this man's name, and I had only read it. (laughs) So in my head, I was calling him Thomas Tater, Um, (laughs) which that's like so Southern of me. Like, that's just showing the North Carolina genuinely like Thomas Tater. Like, yeah, that's my favorite hockey player. Um, (laughs) Then I finally heard someone say it and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Tomash Tatar. It's a fun name. It's a good name. So yeah, he was traded to the Kraken and with one goal in 28 games this season, it's not surprising. And I'm not sure how good of a pickup this was for the Kraken. Like, that's not a good stat. I know historically he's been pretty good, but I mean, at least they got him for quote unquote cheap. Um, Like, you know, they didn't have to trade a handful of players or any of their players. It's just a pick, which I feel like is kind of the equivalent of like monopoly money. I, I just, whenever I see that someone is traded for a pick or future considerations, that one's even worse. Um, I feel like it's just like, you can have them. We don't want them. Like, please just, just take them off our hands. It's like a sign that says free puppies. Yeah, pretty, that's, that's the vibes that I get. Um, I mean, maybe it will be a situation of players thriving in a new environment, but I think his age is just showing and he's getting older and less consistent. Oh, 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 I'm going to pause because I just got the goal notification. The Ducks are up two to nothing against the Devils right now. Oh, okay. This is exciting. Let's hope this trend continues. And I am going to try to finish recording this so that I can start watching this game because apparently it's very exciting. Um, Okay, sorry for my little random pause there. Um, So speaking of getting old and less consistent... Welcome to Cap's Corner, the part of the show where we believe that Alex Ovechkin will never score again. Um, (laughs) This man has just five goals in 27 games and is currently on a 12-game goal drought, which is about to be 13 because they're actively playing right now. And I have not seen him score so far. Um... This is the highest goal drought of his entire career. And if you had told me even just last season that he would have only five goals by December, like I would have laughed in your face. It genuinely feels like every team's objective is to just not let him score because it's not as if he's not getting chances. He's getting multiple shots on goal each game, but they're either blocked or wide or defended in some way. And like, He just cannot get the puck into the net. And I don't know why. It's like my dude went to Russia for the summer and had his mind erased or something. Like, he just does not remember how to score. And he's also visibly skating a lot slower than he has been in the past. So I almost wonder if he has an underlying injury or something that he's like, denying or I I don't know and now he's got to be in his head about it which isn't making things any better it has to be so defeating to go from being the great eight and 
actively chasing Wayne Gretzky's goal total to essentially performing like a fourth liner. Like, I just hope that he finds his mojo again soon because I think once he finally scores and gets out of this drought, he's going to go on a tear and be the old Alex we know and love. He's just going through it right now. Like, I feel for him and I want him to do well. I just, I don't know what's going on and I hope that he figures out a way to break out of it soon and get back to that old, high-performing, you know, offensive weapon that he is. Because right now, he's not a high-performing offensive weapon. He's like a dollar store water gun. <laughs> he's like really just barely skating by. Um, yeah. <sighs> Please let this be the week that Alex Ovechkin finally scores again. Maybe me talking about it is what he needs because this podcast tends to say things and the opposite happens. So maybe if I say Alex Ovechkin will never score again, he'll score. He'll score in this game. We're going to manifest it. In other Capitals news, uh, Monumental Sports and Entertainment announced that they're looking to move the team to Alexandria, Virginia, just across the river from D.C. The Caps currently play at Capital One Arena in Chinatown, which admittedly is not the best or most safe location. Um, Like, the arena itself is fine, but the area around it is a little sketchy. Um... However, with so many people around and a big police presence during events, it's been fine. Um, It's easily accessible by metro and transport. You can drive into it. Don't recommend driving into the city, but you can. Um, It's also just like an iconic DC venue. It's been there for ages, and the Caps have been playing at it for ages. And this new venue would be kind of near Washington Reagan International Airport and in an already pretty high traffic area. So commuting to and from the airport on game days would be a nightmare by both metro and car because the metro line that you would have to take to get to Potomac Yard, which is where the venue would be, is past the airport, so all the people going to the airport and all the people going to the game would have to be taking the same trains. There's not multiple routes to get there like there is to get to Gallery Place Chinatown, so it would be more crowded trains. Um, and then traffic-wise, like a lot more people would be driving in now because... They think, oh, it's in Virginia. Like, I can drive to Virginia. So there would just be more traffic than there already is around there. And it's like, there's just not the infrastructure in Alexandria to deal with the amount of people that would be commuting to this venue. And I think it would be a beautiful venue. Like, the plans that they put up, it's, it would be a whole, they're calling it the entertainment district. It would be a whole thing with shops and restaurants and the venue and practice facilities and, and all kinds of stuff. But it's just, I don't think that Alexandria is prepared for it. Um, also, it would be two more 
Washington teams that aren't actually playing in Washington. The Commanders are already playing in Maryland. And then the Wizards and the Caps would be playing in Virginia. So the only big four team that would be left is the Nationals. And then the um, women's basketball team would take over Capital One Arena. And I just, I don't know. I... I'm not going to rant about it for too long because I do plan to hopefully have a fellow Caps fan on soon to talk with me about it. Um, But basically, in my opinion, and in my King Dylan Strom's opinion, it's not a great idea. Um, You can read my article about it on Inside the Rink if you want all of the details. I wrote about it this week. I just, I don't think it's the best idea. In some happier Caps news, wrapping up Caps Corner... Uh, my boy Dylan Strom scored his 100th career goal, and Alex Ovechkin tallied his 1500th career point with the assist on that goal. And I just assert that Dylan Strom is the best thing to happen to the Caps, and the Caps are the best thing to happen to him. Period. I said what I said. Uh, okay, that wraps up Caps Corner. Let's talk about some wholesome moments that happened this week. We had a few of them because I've said it once, I'll say it 4,000 more times. Hockey is the most wholesome sport out there. And I fully assert my opinion on that one. Um, The Arizona Coyotes had a Hockey Talks Mental Health Awareness Night at Mullet Arena a couple of days ago. And I just think that's so wonderful to be promoting talking to people about your mental health and getting help when you need it and asking your friends, family, loved ones, co-workers, you know, asking people around you how they're doing and truly meaning it, not just a, how are you? I'm good. You know, actually just asking them about it. So I think it's really cool that the Coyotes kind of promoted that and, um, Yeah, I just, that's fantastic. And I think it would be really cool if more teams would have a mental health awareness night um, and just really spread that education and that message that it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to have bad mental health, but it's good to talk about it and not just keep it bottled up inside. So props to the Coyotes for that. That's fantastic. Um. Brock Besser told us that his 97-year-old grandma, 97, that's wild to me. Like, that's so old. Um, But she leaves him voicemails before every game. And if he scores, she calls and leaves him another voicemail. And that's just too wholesome for words. Like, that's so cute and so sweet. And I am obsessed with grandma. I hope that She gets to go to a game. I don't know if she's physically able to, but that would be so lovely to get to have her at a game and get to see her grandson play. I mean, still a hockey fan at 97 is what I aspire to be. And then having a grandson who plays in the league and plays as well as Besser would just be like the icing on the cake. I mean, she's living her best life out there. Like, queen. She's a queen. Um, Matt Duchesne reached a thousand career games and his young son read out the starting lineup and it was just too precious because the coach was kind of crouched down beside him and he was telling him exactly what to say and the the little boy was kind of repeating it back. (laughs) 
And I just think that only kids should be allowed to read the starting lineup from now on. Um, are we all on the same page here? Can we let the teams know? Because I think that would be fantastic if every game somebody's kid came in and, and read the starting lineup because it's too cute and too sweet. And I could tell that um, Duchesne was so like happy. He was just elated, just smiling from ear to ear. He was so cute. A cute little boy, too. He was he was living it up. That was his moment. <laughs> um, Eric Johnson was, unfortunately, traded to the Buffalo Sabres from the Colorado Avalanche. Um, EJ has been an Av since 2011, so obviously this was very sad to fans, teammates, and, of course, Johnson himself. Um he was tearing up during his thank you tribute as he took the ice in Denver, this time in a Sabres jersey. Um, the most wholesome part of it all, though, was there was a sign during warm-ups from his niece that said, Wrong jersey, but we still love you, Uncle EJ. Oh, just my heart. Genuinely, I cannot get enough of players, kids, players, nieces and nephews, any kind of child supporting a player I just can't get enough of it because it's just so cute to me and uh, just that sign just like uh wholesome a little bit heartbreaking but also just very sweet and I just uh I love it I love it so much and final little piece of wholesome news Alex Tuck and his fiance Kylie welcomed a baby boy on December 9th Trip is such a cutie, and I mean, all the little NHL babies just make my heart melt, which, like, genuinely, I cannot get enough of NHL kids and hockey kids, kids playing hockey, favorite videos on the internet. I love it so much. Just keep it up. This is the next generation. This is how we grow the game, by literally growing the game. Like, all these little kids deserve to be in the NHL one day if that's what they want to do. All these little players, kids, and even the girls, if they want to play hockey, they can be in the PWHL. Or maybe we see a first woman in the NHL. Like, that would be so cool. So, I love it so much. I love it so, so much. So wholesome. Hockey is so wholesome. And I assert that 100%. Okay. Um... Let's talk about World Juniors. The rosters have been announced, and a handful of players drafted by the Ducks and the Capitals are on the rosters, so I am absolutely stoked to watch that. I've never watched the World Juniors before, so this year I definitely want to take a look at it and try to watch as many games as I can. I'm not sure when the games will be played in Pacific time because it takes place in Gothenburg, Sweden, which is a sick town name, by the way, like Gothenburg. It sounds like something out of a fairy tale or something. Um, so yeah, I want to find that out. I'm not sure what network they're going to be played on either. I would imagine ESPN plus if I had to guess, I haven't seen. Um, but yeah, the games start on boxing day and they go through January 5th. So Lots of hockey to be watched there. And yeah, I'm curious to see these young players in action and see who ends up taking it all home. My predictions are that the home team Sweden 
is going to take it all, followed by the U.S. and then Canada with bronze. We'll see. I know nothing about junior hockey, so I could be way off. Um, But we'll see. Also, the Olympic qualifiers are ongoing with various nations playing head-to-head against each other. Um, South Africa took the crown as the first African nation ever, 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 ever to win an Olympic qualification game. Um, They beat Bulgaria for the first time ever as well. So big congrats to them. Um, That's so exciting. And to see an African nation be, you know, good enough at hockey to win these qualifying games, like that's really, really cool because I feel like hockey is not huge on the continent of Africa. Um, I feel like it's not, you know, not usually what you think of. Usually you think maybe soccer's, you know, the big sport there. So that's really cool that they were able to do that. Um, So if you want to see how the qualifiers continue to play out, keep your eye on the King of Hockey News, Puck Empire, because I'm, it's not something that I'm informed about, like, at all. Um, (laughs) But uh, that team over there at Puck Empire is so good about this stuff and like truly I don't know how I would do this podcast without Puck Empire so shout out to you you're the kings um in place of my woman of the week I am just going to share two exciting pieces of PWHL related news um starting with the most exciting all PWHL home games in Toronto are sold out Oh, y'all, I, the joy that this gives me is insane because there is a market for women's sports. If I could clap and say that without completely destroying the audio, I would. You can't tell me otherwise. Like there's a market for women's sports and it shows. It shows with all Toronto home games being sold out. Like, It's so exciting. Like, I'm genuinely so stoked about it because that means that these women are going to have this loud, excited fan base. They're going to get the same feels that an NHL game would have, the same vibes. It's going to be unreal, and I would give anything to be there. Like, I so wish that I could... I could be at that game, be at one of the PWHL first season games. I just, I don't think I'll be able to because there's not one remotely near me. Um, But this is so exciting. Like, so stoked. Um, And then, I hope I'm saying her name right, but Akane Shiga is signing with Ottawa, making her the first Japanese player in the PWHL, which is really exciting because... We need more racial diversity in this sport. I mean, let's be honest. It's an extremely white sport. Probably the whitest out of all of the big four sports. And that's just because it's it's inaccessible. It's expensive. You can't just play it in your backyard. Um, You can't really just play like pickup hockey in the neighborhood. You have to actively want to play hockey you have to get the gear you have to go to an ice rink you have to have access to all of that stuff it's a big time commitment so and and that's why it's so white but I feel like lately we've been seeing a lot more diversity in the sport and so seeing a 
Japanese player be in a professional league, that's super exciting. And I'm excited to watch her play. And I'm just, guys, I am so stoked for the PWHL. Like, you genuinely cannot express how excited I am. And I just really hope it does not completely tank like other women's leagues have because we need this. We need this so bad. So fingers crossed, wishing the best, manifesting all the happy vibes, all the good vibes. PWHL is going to thrive and it's going to be incredible and I'm very excited for it. Okay, let's move on to hockey history. Um, This episode comes out on December 19th, which is a huge day in hockey history because on this day in 1917, the little baby NHL was born, the original hockey baby. Uh, They hosted two games. The Ottawa Senators faced the Montreal Canadiens and the Montreal Wanderers took on the Toronto Arenas. Both Montreal teams took home the first ever NHL victories. So, Canadians fans, you guys did it. You are the first ever NHL win. And that's going to feel really exciting. So, happy birthday, NHL. You're old. You're, what, math, 105? Wow. Is that right? 104? Math is not my strong suit, you guys. Um, Anyway, over 100 years old. So happy birthday, NHL. Um, And then in some other fun history, in 1943, Harry Lumley was the youngest goalie in league history to take the ice at just 17 years old. I don't even think you're allowed to do that anymore. I'm pretty sure you have to be 18 to play in the league. She was 17. This kid was in high school playing in the NHL. Um, He and the Red Wings did unfortunately lose to the Rangers, but he went on to have a really long and successful career, and he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1980, so it worked out for him. But, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine the pressure at 17. Like, what was I doing at 17? Not playing in a national sports league, that's for sure. Um, Yeah, I thought that was fun, and I thought that was pretty cool. Okay. Let's finally go to our three stars of the week. Uh, My number three star, I mean, I already talked about him, but I just have to make Jack Hughes one of my stars today. Scoring your 100th NHL goal at just 22 and getting a hat trick in the same game is majorly, majorly impressive. Um, With 37 points in 23 games this season, he's easily on track to be one of the top performing players And he's already a league legend at his young age. Like, I can't even imagine what he's going to grow into and what kind of player he's going to become. Maybe he's the one that finally beats Gretzky's record because at this rate, I don't think it's going to be Ovi as much as I love him. Mm, Not going to happen if he keeps this up. So could be Jack Hughes. I could see it. Uh, With the track that he's on, it could absolutely happen. My number two star is the Oilers' Evan Bouchard. He had an absolutely amazing week of play. Um, The defenseman boasted a 13-game point streak and led all defensemen with eight points and three goals 
two of those goals being game winners. Um, he had three multi-point games this week as well, which makes him a huge factor in the Oilers' current success. So he's really stepped up and has really helped them get back on track. So had to make him my number two star. And finally, my number one star is the entire Bruins organization. Um, they hosted a hockey is for everyone game and they went all out. Um, their AHL team, the Providence Bruins hosted an open skate with the new England bombers, which is an adaptive hockey team. They pushed them on sleds or helped them skate upright. And it looks like everyone had a great time. The video was so cute. All of the kids and young adults were just grinning from ear to ear and the players as well. They were just flying around the ice. Looked like they were having so much fun. Um, the players used pride tape on their sticks, which uh, back when there was the whole pride tape band debacle, um, the original pride tape company said that an NHL team had placed a big order. So it makes me think that it was the Bruins after seeing this because all of the players used it. Um, they also invited a local high school girls hockey team to the game. And uh, those girls got to join them on the ice for the anthem and got to meet the players in the locker room, get some autographs, take some pictures. Um, the garden was absolutely decked out in rainbow colors. They had these beautiful balloon garlands and they painted all the stairs rainbow. Um, like it was, it was so pretty and colorful and beautiful. And I was like, wow, it's fantastic. Um, they also had representation from LGBTQ hockey teams, sled hockey teams, deaf, blind, and disabled hockey communities. Like they had everyone, anyone they could possibly include, they figured out a way to represent them and include them. Um, they also autographed pride taped sticks and auctioned them off. And those proceeds benefited Boston Pride Hockey, New England's first LGBTQ and ally friendly hockey organization. I mean, it was just an absolutely incredible show of inclusion by the Bruins. And it made my heart so happy because like Gary Bettman and the league can ban pride jerseys all they want and they can ban pride nights all they want, but you can't ban stairs and you can't ban people on the ice and you can't ban um, auctioning off sticks to benefit a pride organization. And I think this was a fantastic answer to what the league has done this season. So really, really proud of the Bruins and um, just, I love it. I love it so much. All right, my friends, that about wraps up this episode of What the Chell. As always, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so, so much. Please subscribe on whatever podcast app you listen on and give me a follow at What the Chell Pod on all social media. You can also follow my personal social media at HeyLauren underscore. Um, if you would like, and if you like What the Chell, which if you've listened this far, you must like it somewhat, um, please leave me a rating and a review on your podcast app. It helps out so, so much, and it means the absolute world to me. 
Um, I love you guys so much. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll talk at you next time. Bye.